Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality and geekdom by celebrating the diverse and their accomplishments. We're on the Relay Podcasting Network, and I'm your host, Aline Sims. Today, I am joined by Stephen Aquino. Stephen, welcome to the show. Hi, Elaine. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good, good. Good. Stephen, who are you? Um, I am a freelance uh tech journalist um, out of San Francisco, um, and um, I cover uh, all things accessibility on um, Apple platforms. So let's start with how you got involved with Apple's platforms. Are, have you been kind of an Apple, I don't know, I call myself an Apple nerd. Have you been an Apple nerd for a long time or is it a more recent thing for you? Uh, well, um, actually, uh, my f- 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 first Apple product was the iPhone in 2007. Um, so I've been an Apple guy for nine years Mm, close to a decade yeah yeah and so how did you get into writing about accessibility um on apple apple products apple (laughs) devices well um that's actually an uh, an interesting story um because uh i have been doing the journalism thing full time um since 2013 and um before that i was a uh classroom aide to preschoolers uh who are who were severely a handicap and um i did that for about t- 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 10 years so, um, what happened was, um, in 2012, Marco Arment, uh, launched the mag cuisine. And I remember he put out a blog post, um, asking for people who had ideas for stories um, to send him an email. And, um, at the time I was still at the school and, um, we used a lot of, um, Apple products in the classroom, um, iPads and iPods, uh, with our students and they were a huge hit. And being the tech nerd I am, um, I was always the guy to get things set up and all that. So I had an idea for an article um, about, you know, just how I used um, iPads in the classroom. And I wrote an email to Marco and um, he accepted it. Um, So that was my first uh, time being a published author. 
And um, the article ran in episode nine of the magazine in January 2013. And after that, um, uh, it turned out that my article got seen by someone at Apple um, who put it on hot news. And uh, yeah, that kind of catapulted me into this space. Um, At the time, I was in the process of transitioning jobs because um, I felt like I wanted to change. So I decided that with the success of this article and the fact that I love to write, um, that I would just jump in and do it. And so then I got offers from a few other publications to write for them. And, um, I've been doing it ever since. Wow. What a cool story. Um, I always wanted to write for the magazine and uh, they had to close it before I had the chance to come up with a pitch. So congratulations. That's really cool. Yeah. um, You know, uh, when people ask me how I got started, you know, it's kind of hard to talk about in a way because my career just sort of jumped out from the start, you know, being uh, so successful that article and then being, having it being seen at Apple and, you know, it kind of, uh, I kind of got started with the head of steam, you know? Yeah, you did. So that is, we have things in common, um, as things I didn't know we had in common. Like I knew we both wrote, but, I I was a preschool teacher for a while um, and I worked with kids for a really long time. So it's really interesting to me that you also have kind of that background. Um, What was it like to go from teaching kids or working with kids to writing about accessibility for like really prominent sites? Oh yeah. Um, Well, uh, it was quite the change. Um, uh i'm a disabled person um and you know being a tech nerd um i've always you know kind of found it interesting how the technology side can help someone who has disabilities and you know as i said i i saw it in the classroom as well um so i really felt like you know tech journalism apple journalism doesn't really have uh too many people writing about this stuff And I just thought that, you know, being somebody who lives it, um, 
could really make a significant contribution to the space. And I, you know, as I said, I, I just decided to, to just jump in head first. Well, that's so cool. Um, why is it, I have had several, um, people with disabilities on the show, uh, kind of in the same vein that you have, like, uh, Shelly Brisbane, um, who has low vision and writes a lot about accessibility for Apple. Um, Robert Carter, who goes by the tech doctor and has a podcast and talks about accessibility in Apple. Um, why do you think that it's something that we don't hear about a whole lot? Is it percentage of population or I don't know, like, do you have any theories about that? Um, I do. Um, I think it, it's a couple things. Um, n- n- number one, I think, you know, we're a pretty small slice of the overall population um although i think uh people with disabilities are among the have the highest share of the minorities in america um someone can fact check me on that one but i think i heard that somewhere um so I, you know, I think that, you know, it's a small group and as far as I've known, you know, not many people have really paid attention to it, um, you know, and I don't think that too many people have really advocated for it on our side as as much as you see um you know people talking about apple in general and second of all um i think that um there is a lot of people who don't know about you know what a person with disabilities has to go through or you know how they use technology um so i think in a way it's it's kind of like a fear or a or a hesitancy to to seek people out and to get a converse a conversation started um about this topic and so uh that's kind of why i do what i do because i want there to be more mainstream um converse conversation about this type of thing because you know uh people talk about apple all day long um about you know iphones and if it's gonna have a headphone jack and all this stuff but no one talks about like 
how it affects somebody with you know a handicap and uh i just think that's you know an underrepresented um topic you know in our space yeah and it it's really interesting to me that we um we neglect these conversations when it seems like apple is genuinely concerned about making sure that accessibility is um is something that they are paying attention to and it's they've made it really easy like for the most part if you're using apple's frameworks when you program you know you're not creating your own custom buttons and you're not doing weird things um both on the like the iphone ios devices and the mac you know then then you're in pretty good shape because they've they've thought all of that through they've built accessibility into all of these different things and even you know at the keynote it was really cool at the wwdc keynote this year when they were talking about apple watch and how it was kind of their their versions one and two of their software is kind of feeling people who use wheelchairs because it was telling them to stand up and um you know kind of just different like little things that they called out in the keynote that I thought um I really appreciated and thought was really cool that oh hey look they are they are paying attention and that's that's good, but we need to be talking about one, why they're paying attention more and two, how they can do better because I mean, they're doing well, but I'm sure that they could always be doing better as you know, the, the Apple watch example, I think, um, is a, is a good example of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that Apple, um, I, I talked to a lot of people who use apple products and um they're blind and they have you know other things and um you know something that i you know always say like you know apple's not you know they're not infallible you know they they you know they there's always something that they could do to be better. Um, but, um, you know, Apple's accessibility support is top notch. Um, if you look at an iPad or an iPhone and you go through the accessibility options, um, just, you know, going through and seeing all the stuff they have for hearing and eyesight and um, all that s sort of thing, it's just really amazing how, you know, so many different types of people with different types of, you know, abilities can, you know, have an iPhone and an iPad and enjoy it as as much as anyone else. And um, in terms of you know Apple's um, you know ad advocacy and um, stuff, I think that. Um, 
it is a reflection of Tim Cook's apple. Um, you know, that's not to say that under Steve Jobs that Apple didn't care about accessibility, but, um, you know, in the time that I've been in the space um, and Tim Cook has been in charge, um, you know, I think that they have really put a heightened awareness on accessibility and, um, you know, why it's important and they put accessibility in some of their ads and um, some of the human interest stories um, that they've done. Um, and, you know, even on apple.com, if you scroll down um, to the bottom of the homepage, you know, you'll see like um, Apple's core values and you'll see, you know, accessibility up there. And, you know, again, I think that speaks to, you know, who Tim Cook is, um, you know, uh, and him being in charge and, um, you know, the whole social responsibility thing um, that he talked about uh, in a couple of um, interviews, uh, you know, um, the whole LGBT thing and, and, and his article about being gay, uh, you know, accessibility is head and shoulders up there. So, yeah, it's interesting because, um, WWDC, uh, 2015. So what about 14 months ago now, I guess is I, I had, I think kind of the same impression you do. It's when I really started to feel like this Apple is about people like Steve Jobs. Apple was about products and design and, um, and making a beautiful object to revere. Um, but, and I'm not saying that Apple under Steve Jobs didn't care about people because, you know, but it, it feels like there has been this gradual but fundamental shift in the way the company is approaching things. Like, I don't think that we would have seen, um, seen a lot of the things that we're seeing now if it weren't for Tim Cook being at the helm. Right. Um, you know, as I said, uh, and what you, you say is true. Um, you know, Steve Jobs' Apple was, you know, a lot about product and, you know, making objects that are beautiful and you know that's not to say that apple is still not that way but you know uh, what you, you you said is true um that tim cook's apple is about people and when people 
when people talk about, you know, um, gay rights and women and um, how Apple supports them in that, um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, it, it goes, it goes back to Tim Cook and how he's, you know, how he's transformed the company in, in his image. I mean, um, Apple has their diversity report, um, on the, the, their site. And, um, one of the stories of the people, um, is, uh, guy on the accessibility team and um you know he's blind and he's a dj and he you know he talks about how you know he uses apple stuff to to do his job and 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 how it helps him in his in DJing, and I, I think it says a lot about Apple that you know they put his story up there um, alongside the stats about how many women they've hired, and you know, and all that. So, yeah, kind of alongside the the journalistic representation of um, of accessibility. Um, I feel like it's often ignored in the press. Like we're talking about diversity, right? But we focus on on people of color and women and members of the LGBTQ, um, you know, AIP community. And I I see less conversation about um, about what are our stats for people who are you know who have hearing impairment or who. Um, are blind or have low vision or, you know, other disabilities, like that's not something that we're talking about as much, I don't feel like. And so I appreciate, I too appreciate that Apple kind of um, put that in their diversity report. I think that that's um, necessary and needed to say, hey, you know, like there are all sorts of diversity and there are all sorts of ways that we can, can make things inclusive for people. Sure, you know, I um, I think that you know, writing about accessibility is kind of a, a hard beat to have, um, in a sense, because um, you're kind of going against like the mainstream kind of like Wall Street Journal, you know, that sort of thing where people are focusing on like the iPhone doesn't have a headphone jack and <laughs> and that sort of thing. But, you know, uh, nobody talks about accessibility. Um, you know, you, you don't see people at the journal or or recode or you know those huge sites talking about accessibility um 
And that's not to say that they do it intentionally. Um, but, you know, again, uh, you know, accessibility has to be talked about, just like, you know, any other diversity conversation. You can't, you can't just ignore it because you don't know how to start the conversation or you don't know what to ask or who to ask. Um, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about it. And that's why I do, I do. Yeah. And so I guess what I would say to people listening to this episode is to get more, more articles about accessibility on these sites, write to them, write to the editors and let them know that it's a thing that you would like to see. Um, because they want, they want eyeballs on articles to use a term I kind of hate, but they want, they want people to look at, at the things. And so if you're interested in, will actually read the articles that people are writing about things like accessibility, write to them and let them know, because that's how, that's how the sites kind of work is they respond to what people are asking for, what people are responding to. And, you know, uh, by the same token, um, I, you know, I think, uh, accessibility is a underrepresented topic in podcasting as well. Um, I, I had a show at a time, uh, called, called accessible, um, that kind of went on hiatus and then it didn't get picked up again and no longer exist online. Um, Oh no. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think, you know, again, when we think about podcasting and, you know, all the shows like on, 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 you know, five by five or any other, you know, podcasting networks like, you know, accessibility is something that you should all consider because, you know, the, you know, again, um, you know, the accessibility community is too important to kind of be on the sidelines, you know, so to speak, while everybody talks about everything else. And, you know, that's fine. Like you have a show about Apple news and, and stuff like that. That's great. But um, at the same time, you know, I think, you know, accessibility is really a, um, something that has to get more exposure in the podcasting area as well. Yeah. And it's, um, podcasting is not for the faint of heart. (laughs) You know, there's, there's a lot that goes into producing a show. Um, and so that makes it even harder, right? Because you've got your, um, the people who, who feel like they're knowledgeable enough and are interested in starting a podcast. Um, and then you, the audience becomes smaller when you, it's like, Oh, there's a lot to learn when it comes to, to creating a podcast. 
And then, you know, you have time as a factor and then, you know, kind of momentum. You mentioned going on hiatus and then not being able to pick it up. Like, I I fear that. Like, if I've thought about taking a couple of months off with less than or equal, and I'm like, if I do that, I'm not going to start up again. Like, the show's just going to fade away because I'm not going to be in the habit of getting guests and recording times and, you know, posting shows and that kind of thing. So it's... um it's a difficult thing, but I think I totally agree. We definitely need to see more, again, more diversity in, in the types of shows that we see, especially on popular networks like Five by Five and, you know, Less Than or Equal on Relay. We need, right. I think we need more diversity on Relay and um, and Mike and Steven know that. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. I totally agree with you. Yeah, no. If you talk to them, you can tell you can tell them I said hi. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I, I just think that you know that the the whole the whole the whole the whole point of of the of my spiel is is that you know people have to know about accessibility people should know that people with disabilities exist and that we use technology and we listen to podcasts and we read the times there's a wall street journal and you know and you know our stories are can only help the space. It can only help Apple. It can only help, you know, Twitter or Facebook. Um, You know, it's not just Apple. Um, You know, I think that every company, every, every company, every, you know, journal, some outfit should consider it because you know it's out there it's not as if we're hiding under you know stones or anything you know so yeah 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 (laughs) i'm totally yeah i'm so the reason i'm yang so much i'm starting i've started to think about twitter since you mentioned them and their recent um edition of um like basically giving people the ability to add a description to images, which I, I really appreciate um, because I do have followers on Twitter who are blind. And so I was posting images and not including captions because it was, it was really hard to do with the character limit. And um, so I just kind of stopped posting pictures for a long time. And now I'll, I'll only do it if I'm using like twitter.com or the Twitter app because I can go in and I can add a description to to my photos. Um, and it's it should be accessible, I think, in, um, in mm, I'm trying to think, in a lot, in several popular um, Twitter clients, but I don't think they've opened the API up to everybody. I'm not sure what the story is with that. Um but it's so frustrating that it's it took them until 2016 to add that ability. Like Twitter has been around for a decade and they finally were like, oh, maybe we should add something so that it's easier for people who can't who can't see pictures. They 
they seem to have trouble, you know, adding anything until that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, um, no, I, you know, um, I know Twitterific, um, the American Federation of the Blind or NFB. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Apple Viz. Um, they're a site who uh, uh, Apple Viz is a site um, uh, that covers Apple and accessibility. Um, I think they put Twitterific Five in their Hall of Fame. Oh, um, because th- they have good um, alt text. Uh, which is what you were just talking mm-hmm. about, and um, I think voiceover. Um, and I think they also support that large dynamic type. Um, so yeah, they're in the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm not sure about any other Twitter client. Um, I know the Twitter app on iOS. Uh, from Twitter, which is the app I use, um, mm-hmm. is good. Um, you know, they they do a good job, you know, at accessibility over there. That's good. Good to hear. Oh, and I wanted to add for people who are listening who want to start adding alt text to their images, um, you have to enable it. You need to go into Twitter settings to enable it. I don't know why it's not on by default. It should be, um, but you can enable it, and then it's really easy to add to add a description. They call it a description um, in the the UI and the the interface. But um, I encourage everybody to start doing that because it's easy, and then more people can know what you're talking about. I uh, just wish that they would add a dark mode. Oh, see, I use I use Tweetbot, and I I am ashamed. I don't know how it is on the accessibility front, but they do have a dark mode, and I always use the dark mode. I love it. Yeah, um, I use you Wissies, uh, the 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 iOS text editor, mm-hmm. um, for all my articles, and um, they have a dark mode that I use all the time because I just feel like it it's more comfortable and i can see it easier so um you know and i'm hoping that apple at some point will add a dark mode um in ios because if they did i would probably use it all the the time um because uh-huh. i i just think that the contrast is easier on me and i and i actually think it looks nice so yeah yeah i agree with you on both fronts so actually that leads me um to my next question and i have two directions i want to go i hope we have time for both but first what is it sounds like you primarily use ios devices do you use the mac all that much i do um my Girlfriend just bought one. Uh, she bought a 2015 MacBook Pro um, in June or May. I can't remember. Um, 
she had a 2009 uh, laptop and it was old and slow and uh, she doesn't care about the Apple room mill. So I just told her to go get one and it's fine and she's happy with mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah, I use it. I have an account on her laptop. Um, you know, it's fine. I mean, I enjoy it. Um, but as I've said a lot in some articles, um, uh, just the way that a laptop is, um, I think that it's harder to get closer to the screen because I'm having to like wean in. So my nose is almost on the screen. Um, so it's hard to see. So in that sense, I prefer an iPad because, um, I can just hold it and I can hold it as close as I want and everything is a tap away. I don't have to worry about a mouse and, and shortcuts and all that junk. Um, I can just tap, tap, tap and swipe and that's it. And the and the keyboard's not in your way. And right. yeah, that totally makes sense. Right. We'll get back to the episode in just a second. But I wanted to let you know that this episode of Less Than or Equal is brought to you by Agenda Minder. If you're like me, you have more meetings than ever before. And you know that bad meetings are a waste of time. You may also have come to realize, like I have, that good meetings only come when you plan for them. Agenda Minder is an app for your Mac, and it helps you make meetings better. It's a personal productivity tool for you to use to plan what you need to talk about in your meetings and to help you focus on what you want to accomplish. Agenda Minder stays out of your way with simple controls and a clean look. You can quickly add meetings and agenda items, capture the objective, and any notes you need in preparation for your meetings. Knowing all of this up front helps you run things so much more smoothly. You can quickly find the meeting you're looking for by sorting them by name or date. And you can even use filters to show you what's coming up today, this week, or even next week. Agenda Minder was created by a Fortune 50 manager with over 20 years of experience. They got tired of meetings being a waste of their time and realized that simple preparation improves meetings and Agenda Minder is what they came up with to help them fix it. Agenda Minder lets you drop in the emails you receive to help easily set agenda items. You'll always be prepared for those tricky questions. You can easily send agenda items to everyone involved in your upcoming meeting and track what's accomplished before you set any action items. Remember, a meeting is only as good as its agenda. Check out Agenda Minder from Internodal today at internodal.xyz equal. And you can also find it on the Mac App Store. Thanks so much to Agenda Minder for their support of Less Than or Equal and all of Relay FM. So from an accessibility standpoint, what would your wish be for, I mean, we've got new iPhones probably coming out in the next four to six weeks. Um, what would your wish list be for both hardware and software from, I guess, from an accessibility stand standpoint, whether it's you specifically or things that, that you've heard other people wish for? Hmm. Um, well, you know, as I said, I really want to 
dark mode um, on iOS. I think that would be helpful. Um, other than that, uh, in terms of software, um, I really want like the App Store to be more accessible in terms of text. Um, if you go into into the App Store now, um, if you tap on an app and go into the app and and you know uh, try to read it, like what it does and stuff, um, it's really small font. And you can't tap to zoom. You can't do anything. Um, I think you can use the zoom <laughs> feature um, on iOS. So if you go into accessibility and t turn on zoom, I think you can use it with um, the App Store. And that helps, but I, th I think that you should just be able to tap on, you know, double tap um, and get large print or use dynamic type um, and they currently don't support that. Um, aside from that, um, I think the whole cut, copy, paste and inserting the cursor um, you know, as a writer, I I move the cursor around a lot in iOS, and uh, the magnification loop and the cursor is small, and it's hard to see. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm hoping that someday uh, Apple will add a option to increase the cursor size in the same way that you can increase the pointer size on a Mac. Um, and in terms of hardware, um, I don't really have any hardware um, wishes. Um, although I will say I do prefer the volume up and down buttons on the iPhone 5 and the the, the SE, uh, the ones that are circle instead of um, horizontal. Mm, the little pill shapes. Yeah. Um, I find that when I take a picture, um, it's harder for me to feel the sh sh the sh shutter button on top mm -hmm. to take a picture so oftentimes when i take a picture i'll use the the software button which is fine but it's hard in a way because it uh it'll unsteady the the shot and i get mad and and you know so yeah. <laughs> so i'm hoping that Apple can fix the the current buttons or or go back someday to the to the more to the other buttons. So I f I feel like the the iPhone 5 had uh they were they weren't as low profile. They stuck out more too. 
So in addition to being kind of a different shape, they weren't as flush. But maybe that's me misremembering mis- uh, it. I think the iPhone and SE, because my girlfriend has one. And I have an iPhone 6S Plus. Um, so we're on total opposite ends of the iPhone yeah, spectrum. Uh, she hates the the huge phones. Uh, she j- jumped on iPhone SE. Uh, no, um, I've taken some pictures with her phone, you know, just to help her out. And those volume buttons on the side are, I, I think you're right about that. Um, they're they're like they stick out more than the mm-hmm. than the iPhone six, and so what ends up happening is they're easier for my for my finger to find, and um, you know it's just just easier. So yeah, hopefully someday they'll change it back. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Okay. So here's here's the other direction I wanted to go, was uh. What apps you write a lot? So, what apps besides Ulysses do you find yourself using frequently? Um, well, um, I use the iOS Notes app a lot. Um, ever since it got changed in iOS nine, um, it got enhanced with all that stuff. Um, it's it's been helpful. Um, I'll just jot down some story ideas and notes for like research that um, I'm doing. Uh, You know, it's really helpful. I'll have the iPad in split view um, with you. Wissies and notes together. Um, another app I use a lot for, you know, for writing is Safari. Um, I I love it. Um, it it supports um all the swipe gestures and all the other gestures and. And um, that's about it. I I I don't like have a whole army of of stuff that I use. I know some people have like four or five apps that they use to write with and do all that kind of stuff. But I I tend to go to not to not use a whole lot. So I have one more question because um, I. I struggle with writing sometimes. Um, and I've, I've kind of thought about dabbling in writing articles here and there. I don't know that I would want to do like a full-time thing out of it like you do, but how do you find ideas for articles and write articles consistently? Like I have a really, really hard time just sitting down and doing that. Uh, well, (laughs) you've come to my, um, You've come to the my Achilles heel. Uh, no, well, okay. So here's the thing, um, and I'll try to 
keep it short. Um, you know, as I said, uh, writing about accessibility is hard because it's, you know, you're writing about a topic, even if you know it inside and out, as I do, um, you can write on it authoritatively. Um, it's still hard to find people, not find people, but like, I'm always trying to find new sites to talk to and to make new contacts and all that sort of thing. And, you know, not to put anyone down, but, you know, there are a lot of sites out there who have told me that my area of expertise is too small. And, hmm. you know, I have to think like, you know, I have to write like every other Apple journal list out there or tech journal list out there um, to appeal to, you know, everybody. Um, so what that tends to do is, you know, I have a core group of sites that I contribute to. I more and TechCrunch. Um, to name two um and they're awesome um but you know in terms of figuring out what to write about um you know it kind of goes hand in hand with you know who to write for um because you know i struggle with sometimes you know trying to find an angle on accessibility on a on a certain story or a certain topic like i wrote a short article for imore about the headphone jack thing and um i got a lot of uh angry people uh upset because i didn't consider that you know apple could remove that Head the, the the headphone jack and and still do you know like a Bluetooth um, headphones, uh, which is entirely not the not what I was aiming for. Uh, so it 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 what I'm trying to say is it's it's hard to. Um, really find like sometimes to find an angle in something um i know that like when new hardware comes out like an iphone or an ipad or something uh you know then it becomes easier because that you know you've got something to say you know you actually have something some you know an actual thing to talk about so you know, in September and when the iPhones are out and, you know, all the new hardware and, you know, people are saying that, you know, Apple Watch 2 and all that sort of thing, then, you know, I'll kind of kick into, like, high high time. Like, uh, 
you know, I've got an I've got an iPhone I can write about, um, an Apple Watch two I can write about. So there's only really a few times a year that I really have tangible like hardcore kind of things that I can do. And um, other than that, like I, I really have to step out of the, the box and come up with other ideas, you know, and um, I'm successful at it, um, but it's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. How, how, how do you do it? Do you like, I don't know. Is there a special trick? That's the most cliche question, isn't it? People asking writers, where do you get your inspiration? But I mean, really, it's it's a hard thing. And there's a reason it's a cliche question, because nobody really knows. Well, I, you know what? And I, I talk about this a lot. Um, you know, being somebody with disabilities, um, you know, I'll just take the the headphone jack um angle again um you know you know uh people might not know this but you know even a small thing like inserting and removing a headphone jack can be you know an accessibility challenge um I have some fine motor issues, and sometimes it's hard for me to get my headphones, you know, in and out of the iPhone. And so um, I was trying to listen to a show um, while I was out and about, and I put tried to put in my headphones and I had trouble for some reason. And I thought, Hey, you know, Hey, like this is something I can write about. And it ties into the whole, you know, Apple's dumping the headphone jack and, you know, iPhone seven. So, um, you know, and I did, and, uh, you know, yeah, as I said, I got angry people at me for saying, for not saying, you know, what, you know, everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been quite a polarizing thing. Um, but yeah, from, from an accessibility standpoint, it's just, I guess what I would encourage people to think about is uh, USB ports um, and not USB-C, but like the USB that we've been using for, you know, like what, 15 or 20 years now and how it's never in the right way the first time. Like the, I don't know. Anytime I try to plug something in, I do it wrong. And then I flip it over and I still can't get it to plug in. And then I flip it over, you know, and, and that's not, that's not designed for accessibility, like for anybody. So imagine having a situation where pretty much all of the hardware you interacted with was like that the majority of the time yeah yeah no that, that that's exact we right uh well when it comes down to it it comes down to the smallest like thing that 99.9 percent of people don't really stop to 
consider. Yeah. Well, so how can people find you online? Oh, okay. Um, you can find me a couple of ways. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the non-verified. Uh, non-verified. Aw, me neither. Yes. I'm I'm upset. Uh, you you can find me on the nine on the non verified at Stephen underscore Aquino, and you can find me on my uh, site, my blog at the uh, Stephen's blog dot co. Um, oh, nice! And uh, I spend a lot of time on. Twitter, so probably more time than I should. So uh, say hello. Okay. And we'll have links to all of that in the show notes. You can find the show on Twitter at less than or equal. If you have feedback, suggestions for guests, or would like to be a guest, please go to relay.fm slash LTOE and fill out the contact form. And if you have a few minutes, as always, it would be wonderful if you'd leave a review or star rating on iTunes so people can find the show and know that it's worth listening to. Thank you for listening. Until next time on an internet near you, I'm Aline Sims for Less Than or Equal.